welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. here this morning. Thank you, Brother Howard, for that message. Also, we had two baptized and one. We have one received the Holy Ghost or not for sure. Okay. Praise God. We are thankful for what the Lord is doing. Spanish church had their second anniversary yesterday evening and uh, a nice young preacher came over from Indianapolis and preached the message his mind just slipped me brother uh, Contreras that's it Contreras and uh, was glad to spend a little time with him yesterday did a great job and they had a great service Man, we thank God for that. We thank God for Brother and Sister Gardner shouldering that responsibility, pastoring them. Amen. It seems like Sister Mary Faye doesn't get a break. Uh, She's uh, back there translating right now uh, behind the darkened window. Amen. But uh, it's good to have people that are willing and committed, that uh, no matter how tired they are and how much work they've done that week, they're willing to come out to the house of God one more time and see a move of God, and we're, we're happy for that. Amen. Thank you for your commitment to the things of God. It means a lot. Praise God. That's right. Mark the 13th chapter, if you will, this evening. I don't know if you've been paying attention much to what's going on in our world today, but I can promise you one thing. Things are uh, coming to a crescendo, and uh, I believe the Lord is lining everything up to get his church out of here. And, uh, amen, I, I, I will not finish tonight. Hopefully I'll finish next week. But I will tell you this, amen, we need to really look at what is transpiring right now and what is on the horizon, amen, that's coming, amen. Many things are in this world that we may not be aware of, but behind the scenes they are at work <clears throat> and they are orchestrating and bringing things together, amen, for, and it's what's amazing to me is what you see in the Bible, and yet there's so many people that 
are running quickly after this stuff when the Bible tells them plainly that that's end time and, and destruction is going to come upon this world. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're glad to see them here this evening. There's no better place than we can be tonight than in the house of God. Praise God. <clears throat> See if I get this right. Dios es bueno. I believe that means God is good. It's kind of funny today. We were, I was trying to remember, memorize that. I was in the foyer, and uh, I was talking to one of our Spanish people, and so I was going to try it out, and I said, Dios es bueno, and Sister uh, uh, Nunamaker, Sister Simone, was walking out the door, and she says, all the time, <laughs> kind of caught me off guard there, <clears throat> Amen. Beginning in verse 1, and as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Referring to the temple that began being built under Herod in 20th BC. It took 84 years to bring it together and finish it. And they were looking and said, Master, see. See what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to them, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. And said again, When ye hear, when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. I'm not going to just kind of try to take what's going on today and throw it into some kind of a prophecy thing tonight. But what I do want you to realize is that we hear about this already every day that we live. Wars, rumors of wars. Amen. We're in the midst of this right now, folks. But he said, be not troubled, for such thing must need be. But the end shall not be yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in divers' places. There shall be famines and troubles. And then he said, these are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to the councils, and in the synagogues you shall be beaten, you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But 
whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. They have things that they're working on right now. You even heard it during COVID, during the pandemic, where they wanted you to tell on, tell on your neighbors. I heard that news around the world, different places of the world. They were, they were newscasting it, telling, you know, you need to tell on people. You need to tell if they're not following protocol. You need to tell if they're not doing what, what, uh, what we are telling them to do. Tell. Amen. Understand this today, that we need to come to the understanding that, that, that the world we live in is rapidly changing, and the only thing that's going to change that is a move of God. Amen. A move of God. Now, will it change the world? No, I don't believe it will because I believe the Word of God lets us know exactly what's going to transpire. But what it will do is change the hearts of people. <clears throat> and that's what this is all about, is changing the hearts and minds of people. Amen. To let them know you don't have to go through this because, amen, God is the one that's going to save us. And secure us and bring us out. Do you believe that tonight? Lord God, we thank you once again for your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness that you have so greatly shown upon us. And I pray, God, tonight that you would anoint our lips of clay to speak your word, that your word would have an impact in each and every one of our hearts. Lord God, that we would realize the hour that we are living in. And Lord, that we would be determined, amen, that we're going to make it and we're going to hold out to the end. And be in that number when you call your church home. So bless us tonight, I pray, in Jesus' wonderful name. And let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Something that we should think about more often. I think sometimes we get caught up, but our minds are constantly dwelling on one thing or another. One matter or another matter, one situation or another. Amen. The things that went on during that day, you know, what's going to happen that week or that month. Amen. There's a statement, there's an old statement that simply says, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. How many young people heard that before? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that is the way that our minds operate. We are by nature survivors and and our brain will focus on the immediate things around us, uh, amen, in our effort uh, uh, for preservation. And, and we think about things like bills that need to be paid or jobs that need to be done or the needs of our family, our children or, or other family members. And while all men and women uh, uh, need to survive, Amen. When our minds move into that mode of survival, there are important thoughts and activities that are often neglected. In fact, if you can just consider this for a moment, consider what your mind has been on the last week, 
Would you have even thought about the coming of the Lord? Did it ever cross your mind? Did it ever occur to you that we are facing the coming of the Lord? Given the fact of all the other things that have been infiltrating our mind and what our minds have been on or exposed to. Have we even thought about the coming of the Lord? Let's just go back. Is there a day in the past two weeks that we have thought the Lord might come today? Am I ready? In fact, look at your neighbor right now and say, If the Lord would come tonight, are you ready? The Bible said, be also ready, amen, for in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Amen. There's a time that He's going to come for the church. The trump of God will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive remain are going to be caught up together to meet Him in the air. And so shall, do we think about those things? You say, why, why do you want to preach on that tonight? Because, amen, if we're not thinking about those things uh, and not taking them serious, uh, we will get sidetracked with the cares of life and then not take care of the spiritual man to make sure we are prepared or making preparations uh, every day for that moment and that time when it happens. Why do you preach saying? Because I think prophetic things in the Word of God is not necessary to scare us, uh, but it's to motivate us. <clears throat> to motivate us to seek after the things of God and realize uh, I'm a child of God. He's going to come for His church. Uh, I'm motivated by this. When I look around me every day, I see things going on. I see all sorts of, sorts of stuff happening. I, I see the Word of God being fulfilled. It's all around us every day. What do we do with that information? Uh, do we just kind of uh, shelve it somewhere in the, in the libraries of our mind? Or do we let it motivate us? And simply say, above all else, I must be saved. I think it's like a third of the Bible is made up of prophecy. So I think it's pretty important. I think it's important to, to, to understand that, 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 you know, hey, look, when I was a kid, I got scared half to death half the time. Actually, part of three quarters of the time, when somebody preached a message, hey, man, you'd feel like your, your, the fire of hell was leaping up on the bottom of your feet. Hey, man, you better respond and do something about it that night. But, 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 but I think what's happened as the years have gone by is we forget about those kind of messages and we want the, the feely, goody, touchy things that, that we can just kind of come in and not be moved and go out the, the same way we came in and nothing changes in our life. Amen. But I think the Word of God... Was was set up uh, to put us in a mode of thinking, uh, amen, that I must be saved uh, and I've got to be motivated uh, to work on it uh, every day of my life. In fact, I believe one of the signs of the end time is people falling away from God, getting cold in God, amen, not thinking about the things of God, Amen. Not, not, not worried about church. Look, we're losing people left and right in the church world. Amen. Where these things aren't important anymore. I read you some statistics Wednesday night. 
It's a, it's a powerful thing to understand, uh, amen, that the signs of the time, you know, it's almost like this. Uh, it's almost like you're driving down the road uh, and you see a yield sign. What do you do? Just blow on through it? It says yield. In other words, it says, look, caution, something could be coming. I see people, sad to say, I've probably done it myself, amen, a few times. When the light turns yellow and you see that thing ticking down, you know when it hits one, it's going to hit yellow and then red. And what do most people do? What about that red sign at the street corner that you come up to? It says stop. But most people see it say, slow roll. We have signs that tell us, that caution us. Uh, this is a hazard. This is a four-way stop. This is a, you, you slow down, you yield, it's a school zone, whatever. It's there to tell you, uh, amen, to activate your mind to say, look, caution, stop, yield, slow down. But it seems like in this world today, the Bible has all kinds of these signs that are out there all across the world, uh, amen, that people are just blowing past it. Uh, they're not paying attention to it anymore, amen. They're just driving straight through it. Uh, oh, the end time is here. Uh, get right with God. Boom. Uh, oh, the judgments are coming. Boom. Uh, oh, wars are here. Boom. Uh, oh, de de devastation uh, and disasters uh, are here. Boom. Calamities on the right. Boom. They're just flying right through it. Uh, they're just speeding right through it. Uh, amen. Not considering the consequences. Uh, amen. Not considering, uh, amen, that all this stuff's going to come to a screeching halt one day. And they're going to hit as though they hit a brick wall. Everything will change uh, in a moment. Uh, amen. Everything will change. Uh, governments will change. Uh, amen. People will change. Uh, amen. The enemy of this world uh, will take it all over. But understand this. It's under the orchestration of God. Periodically, something should move us, and we should have a serious thought, serious conversation with ourselves. Given the fact that the Lord and His return, amen, could take place at any moment. Here in the 13th chapter of Mark, it's known as the Olivet Discourse. This passage here in Mark 13 is, is, is referred to that. It's also given in Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 and also Luke 21. And this message here of Jesus Christ in Mark is, is the longest one that appears in the gospel. And, and, and Mark, as you look at it, is a book that sort of kind of, if I might say, hits the high points and uh, then kind of moves on. Amen. This area, area of Scripture, especially when paired with, with Matthew and Luke, there is, uh, there's a, uh, a lot of insight that can be gleaned concerning the end time. In fact, the careful uh, person or, or the Bible reader or the student of the Word of God can, can probably make several correlations between uh, uh, these three segments of Scripture and the book of Revelation. Even Paul would have a strong connection to uh, 
this Olivet Discourse with his epistles to the Thessalonians. But it's difficult and challenging, uh, the segment of Scripture, amen, to get your mind around it because often, uh, more often than not, there is a temptation uh, when you're looking into this uh, to want to look at each individual description uh, that the Lord gave us uh, and try to somehow label an event that would seemingly fit. And if you do this often enough, it won't be too long before you will attempt a man or an attempt will be made to place some kind of a date on the rapture of the church. There's a reason why I'm kind of bringing this to play. I won't go into all the, the date setters that we have seen back through the years. Uh, you had the New Agers that found connection with the Mayan calendars and they predicted that December the 12th, 2012 was going to be the end of the world. Guess what? Turn your neighbor and say they were wrong. Just prior to that, there was a guy by the name of Harold Camping who had a large following, several predictions about the rapture taking place on May 21st of 2011. Guess what? Say it real loud. I want everybody in here to hear it. Come on, one more time. What? He was wrong. So he decided to uh, update and adjust that date to October 21st of 2011. But see, folks, let me tell you, when you do things like this, you don't realize. Because in this instance, some people were under his influence, his, his influential ministry. Uh, and they sold their homes, quit their jobs just days before the rapture was supposed to take place. And when it didn't, they were left without jobs, left without their homes, and it turned them toward a very cynical approach towards God and the church. They all would have done well to have done their homework because this same man had made predictions that it was going to happen September of 1994. 88 reasons, does that bring attention? I say, I say it a few times because I want people to get it. How about 88 reasons why God was going to come in 88 by Edgar Weissnett? He wrote that little book. It wasn't a big book. It was just a little pamphlet kind of a thing. But 88 reasons why God was going to come in 88. And people got a hold of that. Woo! It's going to happen. Follow me for a moment. i got two weeks to preach this. Either the church got left or the Lord did not come back. to which I believe the latter. Hey, guys, this, he, listen, he wasn't a nutcase. He was, he was not some, somebody from the backwoods that was just kind of coming up with a date. No, this guy, this guy was a NASA engineer. He was a NASA engineer, a, called a self-described Bible student, uh, but he used mathematical and symbolical approach to, to reading the Word of God. And understand, with this method, he also ended adjusting his dates uh, 1989, 1993, 1994. Didn't happen. There have always been those who set dates for the rapture or the end of the world. 
the Jehovah Witness, along with their leaders, Charles Taz Russell, picked the years 1874, 1878, 1881, 1910, 1914, 1918, 1925, 1975, and 1984. All to no avail. Let's go back a little further to William Miller in the mid-1800s predicted the coming of the Lord. And guess what? He was wrong. He was a Baptist minister, but after his death, his prophecy notes fell into the hands of a group that would later become the Seventh-day Adventists. Turn to your neighbor and say they were all wrong. There's one thing that can be certain. Date setters are always going to be wrong when it comes to the return of the Lord. Because what date setting does is give the church a black eye and has led many a soul to become cynical and hardened against the truth and, and, and its display in the Bible. They, they're like, ah, they talk about this stuff, but it never happens. We don't find anywhere in the passage where the Lord desires for us to become focused on a date, on a particular day where we talk about the coming. In fact, in fact, I, you know, I, I like I, I get into this stuff just like as, as 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 much as anybody else probably. But you know, really, it doesn't matter who the antichrist is to me. It doesn't matter who the false prophet is, except that the Lord understand this. The Lord has prepared them to do His will as it unfolds in the prophetic timeline. Set it in motion. You know what? Man will be their own judge. Technically. Because you choose. Choose you. Joshua told him. said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let me tell you. You need to choose who you're going to serve. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve this world. You can't serve both. A lot of people fool themselves. A lot of us walk around life and a lot of times we think, well, I can serve God on Sunday uh, and then I can serve the world on Monday, Tuesday, come back and have a little bit of God on Wednesday and then go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then, then I'm ready to gear it up to go back on Sunday. That's our problem. That's our problem. We're not geared to serve God every day. We're, we're geared in serving God just momentarily, little times a week. No, but God says you must serve me uh, with your whole heart every day. We've got to acknowledge Him. We've got to pray. No matter how busy we are, we have to take a moment to think, could God come today? If He wants to come today, I want to be ready. So i got to live my life, amen, in accordance to His Word. i got to be ready because I don't know when He's coming because He said, it's such an hour as you think not. Interesting topics, but not necessarily to give your a lot of time to. Amen. You know, it'd be sad if somebody gives a lot of time to studying those things, trying to figure out all these kind of things, but they don't take enough time worrying about their own spiritual man. Let me say it again. If we would put Facebook down, Instagram down, Twitter down, our news programs down, a lot of other things down. You say, I don't have time to pray. Oh, you put all that other stuff down, you'll have time to pray. 
Oh, I know it don't get a lot of hand claps, but I'm going to tell you something right. If you just start organizing your life and say, you know what, I can make time to pray. Amen. Because I, I, I'm looking at Facebook and all these other things several, several hours a day. Oh, I don't do that. No, you just flip over there every now and then. But if you had added up, you could have an hour prayer meeting for long. Oh, that wasn't in my notes, but I'm just telling you, we got time to take care of the spiritual man. We have time. We take time to do everything else we want to do. Right? Let me say that again. We will find time to do everything else we want to do. But when are we going to find time to do the most important things? see, the Lord desired for his disciples to respond to the obligations that he was calling them to do. Right? He said, look, I got more important. Don't be worried about these stones. They're going to be gone. And sure enough, Titus came in in 70 AD and leveled that place. And what are they doing now? All these little things. I, like to, I got, a, I got a, 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 a Israeli channel that I get on my YouTube and, and listen to and all the things that are going on there. You won't, hear, you won't hear a lot of this stuff in the news in America. They don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. Hey Amen. But I'm going to tell you right now, they're, they're, they're all, the worshipers are going up there. Everything is taking place. You see all these things happen. They don't really know where the temple is, by the way. Hey Amen. They've got good ideas or whatever, but they don't know where the original temple was per se. Hey Amen. they got all these different things. But the Lord says, look, I don't want you to worry about all this stuff because I'm fixing in a few days to set up a church. <laughs> I'm, there's fixing to ha something happen here. Hey man, you don't really know quite probably it's not registering with you right now, but in a few days I'm going to be gone. Hey Amen. They're going to crucify me. Hey Amen. You guys are going to have some problems. You're going to try to run away. You're going to get scared. But in three days I'm going to rise up. Man, you know the story. You know the story. We done went through it. He showed himself to many people. Then he ascended into heaven. Amen. And I'm going to tell you on Acts, uh, in, on the day of Pentecost, uh, amen, that's coming up. That's coming up. That's Memorial Day weekend. So y'all need to realize, amen, that Memorial Day weekend is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. That's 50 days after. Amen. And that's when it's going to, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. We can get the Holy Ghost any day. But I'm telling you what, we need to start gearing ourselves up for that day. Amen. That day on that morning, we want people to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, they can get it tonight. But I'm telling you what, we need to pray and fast and seek the face of God. I got something happening. I'm going to use you. Something great's going to happen, so don't get caught up in all this stuff. So if you're using your King James Version tonight, I'm going to... King James Version right here, King James. All right, you got that? Okay. Because... you. That's what I'm going to use here. Amen. There are 16 imperatives that Jesus expressed here in Mark, the 13th chapter. Notice what he says. In verse 5, what's he say? Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Take heed. In other words, don't believe everything you hear. Amen. Test the fruit. 
take heed. There's going to be a lot of stuff circulating out there. But don't, don't just be, 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 be uh, cognizant of the fact that a lot of things you may hear may not be accurate, may not be true. And they might be. And I just proved few, some of you just a minute ago. Let you know people talk about the coming of the Lord or this or that or what date set. What, if somebody tells you, yeah, God gave me a date, just turn around and walk away right then. Don't waste your time. Because the way I got to this way, if they're going to tell me a date, then that, that, that's, not, that's definitely not right. And probably anything else they tell me ain't going to be right. I mean, that's just as sure as I'm standing in shoe leather. They, they hit me with a date, I'm done. If they can't read and say, no man knoweth the day or the hour, only my Father that's in heaven, that's it. The angels don't even know. If they can't get that in their thick skull, then don't, don't talk dates to me because it tells you plain. They're not, the angels don't even know. If the angels don't know, you surely, I, we're not going to know. And furthermore, if we did know, we would take it right to the last minute. Like those people did there, I talked about, yeah, this one's going to happen. So right before it was to happen, they sold their house, quit their job, and everything like that, just getting ready to go. Take heed. Verse 7, what's he say here? Verse 7. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. How many gets troubled sometimes when you start hearing of things that are happening around the world? You start hearing of, a, uh, of, of, of missiles uh, that they've got, you know, that 30 minutes and you're toast. And now they've got the ones that are, uh, uh, my mind just went blank. What are they called? Hypersonic. Hypersonic missiles that, uh, that uh, can be here in just a matter of a few minutes. Amen. And so you can have a deal, amen, that you're, you can automatically say, oh, man, oh, and you can get so anxious about that. Amen. But sometimes we just need to say, Brother Howard, hey, amen, if it does that, then, hey, I go on to be with the Lord. Right? I go on to be with the Lord. If it happens, I go on to be with the Lord. But, Pastor, we should know. Get your heart right with God. You won't worry about things like that. Make things right with God. And you don't have to worry about it. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise Him together tonight. Be you not troubled. For such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Verse 8, he says, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are, these are the beginning of sorrows. Or literally, literally that means birth pangs. And then here's another one right here in verse 9. But take heed to yourselves. Everybody say, take heed to yourselves. They shall deliver you up to councils, and in the synagogues you shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. Listen, folks, let me stop and tell you this right now. All right, hear what, hear what your pastor's telling you. This world is coming against the Christ, Christianity. I would have never thought in all my years that we in the United States of America would have to worry about this, but... It's already started. Don't get quiet on me. It's already started. With some things that's going on in our world, 
and in our government that has the churches targeted, they don't want you to, they don't want us to talk about this, okay? But I'm here to tell you that we got to realize, even though it happened to these disciples back in that day, you mark it down in your book. Don't get comfortable because my question is this, are we going to still serve God when the hammer comes down? Are we still going to serve God when they start coming after the churches and you got to go to work and people know that you go to church? You're, you're one of them. You're a Christian. You don't have to believe me, but he said it. Be you not troubled for such things must needs be, but the end is not yet. Take heed to yourself, for they shall deliver you up. Notice that. And ye shall be brought before the rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. Everybody say against them. Amen. And, and, and verse 10 says this. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. That's why we have a missions program. That, that, that's why we send people around the world. That's why we have the clocks and the pictures of our missionaries back there on that wall. Amen. Because they're going around uh, uh, the world and, and taking the gospel around the world. All right. The gospel. Everybody said the gospel must first be published. All right. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up. Notice what it says here in verse 11. Take no thought beforehand what you shall speak. Neither do ye premeditate. Whatsoever shall be given you in that hour that speak ye for. It is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Let me read verse 12 again because it says, Now the brother shall be, be, betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure, everybody say, endure. Amen. Or in other words, literally bear patiently. He that will bear patiently unto the end, the same shall be saved. Endure. Man, I'm losing track of time here. But he goes on. Notice what he says in verse 18. He says, pray. Amen. Verse 21, he says, look, the false teachers are going are gonna to come, so believe them not. Verse 23, take ye heed. Again, in verse, in, verse, in verse 28, learn a parable. Learn that parable of the fig tree. Verse 28, or verse, 20, verse 33, take ye heed again. 33 said watch. 33 said pray. 35, he said watch ye therefore. 37, he said watch. Listen. All of these matters have a sense of spiritual sense about them. And this is what we are to do in the end time. Amen. Hear me tonight when I tell you this. That's why we can't get so nonchalant in our walk with God. Something's got to burn within us. Something's got to stir us up. 
Something's got to drive us to our knees and, and, and cause us to come to a place to where, amen, we lift our hands, we lift our voice, amen, we shed our tears, amen, for those that are lost, amen, that have not found God yet. And, and we pray, God, let that door of opportunity come my way, that, I can, that the door is open, that I can take the gospel to somebody. The end is going to be sudden. All he says is be faithful. And I'm going to close with this. Verses 35 and 36 of chapter 13. Notice what he says. Watch ye therefore. For you know not when the master of the house cometh at evening. Or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. And then he goes on and says, verse 36, Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And now let me finish with 37. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Let me say it this way. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Because temptation will come. Things will happen. But we have to be awake enough to know that have you ever been in that semi-consciousness of sleep or you thought you know you were there amen how many's ever been kind of asleep but you thought you were still awake have you ever been there before have you ever been in a dream that was so vivid that when you woke up, you were shaken by it. There's going to come a day that it's not a dream, folks. It's going to be a reality. And the Lord's going to come for His church. And it makes no difference what's going on in the world at this time. People are just kind of hook, line, and sinker just grabbing this stuff. All these news people and all this talking about all these different things that are, go, that are coming down the pike as though they're great things. But I'm telling you what, they have nothing to say to me when it comes to my soul and me making it to heaven. stand together. In fact, it might be good if we just kind of challenge ourselves and say, you know what? Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of put some of that stuff aside. And I'm going to work on me. Because I want to be ready when He comes. I want to be ready when He comes. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be left behind. Amen. What what, what is the sign? What Show us the sign. What shall that sign be? And he told him plainly, look, these are the things that's going to happen. This is what's going to be going on. 
Don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in, in, in what I'm going to present, amen, to the world. What I'm going to give you on the upper room, amen, the power that's going to come. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, amen. You're going to be disciples. You're going to be preaching. You're going to be laying hands on the sick. Miracles are going to happen. Healings are going to take place. People are going to be filled with the Spirit. So I challenge us tonight that you and I, we get on the same page with this. We get on the same page with the Word of God. What is the Bible? What is the Lord telling us in this end time? I tell you what it's telling us. Above all else, you must be saved. you got to make sure of that. You can't set this by the wayside somewhere. The Bible's not made to be on your shelf somewhere. It's not made to just be on your coffee table. It's not made to just be in a drawer somewhere. It's not made to be left on a church pew and you'll get it the next time you come. <clears throat> but you need to take it with you. And folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can't get, you can't get, look, you can get on your phone. I was talking to somebody the other night that was talking to me, a manager of a restaurant. I said, hey, do you know what, have you, do you have a Bible version? It's got devotionals. It's got things on it. Do you have anything like on your phone? He said, no, I don't. I said, let me show you. And that means if you're here or wherever you're at, if you've got a break, you've got the Word of God that you can get into. You've got a devotional that you can read. You got, you know, a little bit of your time when you're at lunch, whatever. You can get into this and God can begin to speak to your heart. It's as simple as that, folks. But we have to walk through that. We got to say, Lord, not my will, but you'll be done. I'm done tonight. I'm going to open these altars. And why don't you come and just pray and say, God. Lord, let your word resonate with me tonight. Lord God, speak into my spirit. Minister to me, God. Challenge me. Challenge me, Lord. Come on, let's raise our voices. Let's pray. Come on, all over this place. We need, we need the move of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, let us see the signs of times. Amen. Something that just motivates us to live for you stronger, Lord. Let us be motivated, God. Let us be motivated. Come on, pour your soul out. Pour your soul out. Pour your heart out into God. Come on, the Lord is looking for commitments. Dedications, willing vessels. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 